Hello, this is uh, Dr. Bruce Becker, and I'm here today with uh, Pastor Mike Novotny to talk about what's coming up in November. However, I want to start by saying that uh, we're doing this uh, virtual uh, today. The sound quality might be a little different, uh, but uh, because of COVID and everything and schedules, uh, we're just meeting uh, uh, via our cameras. So Pastor Mike, in, in November, uh, you're going to be starting a new series, a three-part series. However, before we talk about that, I, I just want to mention that in the first week of November, you're going to be finishing up your seven-part series entitled The Power of And. I can just tell you personally, it's been a great series and want to thank you for, uh, for doing it. But now let's, uh, let's talk about your upcoming three-part series entitled Evolution of Faith. What do you mean by faith evolving? I, I thought that we could either had faith or we didn't have faith. How can it evolve? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, dropping the, the big E word on a Christian audience can get a lot of reactions, huh? Um, actually, just was second guessing myself after I heard your question. And I looked up really quickly the word evolve. And in my dictionary, the synonyms for it are words like grow, advance, progress, or change for the better. So yeah, you're, I think you're, you're totally biblical and spot on. A person either has saving faith in Jesus or they don't, much like a human being either has life or they don't and they're dead. But you know, just like a, a human's body, our faith can change, our faith can get stronger. You know, if you have COVID, you might be weak and frail and can't smell things. So we'd hope that you'd advance in your health and progress. So that, that's really what I'm talking about in this series. I want to speak specifically to people who already have faith and start to ask questions. How can that faith grow? How can it be better? How can we find more hope and more peace and more joy, more strength in Jesus? And so that's what we're kind of exploring in these three parts called evolution of faith. Okay, thanks. I appreciate the response because I want people to truly know where you're coming from as, the, as we go into this uh, series. You know, your first message is entitled, uh, From Apathy to Praise. Uh, can you explain for us what you hope people are, are going to take away from this message? Uh, yeah, my short answer is something. <laughs> my, I was putting my daughter to bed the other day, and she said, uh, this is the first time she's ever said this. She said, Dad, I, I rarely understand what you're saying in church. <laughs> so I thought, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe I'm going to lower my expectation and say, if people get anything spiritual and good out of this message, I'm going to be grateful for that. Um, in a perfect world, though, like the title says, I hope we can move people and everyone who's listening to a position of praise where, like, the instinct of their soul when they start to pray or think about God is not, hey, God, I'm sorry for this, or God, would you please help me with that, or Jesus, I really need to fill in the blank. But the second we start thinking about God and the faith we have in him, we would praise. So I always think of praise as just saying something good. God, you're so good. You're so powerful. You're so wise. You're so patient. You're so kind. You're generous. Me, I'm just trying to remember all these things that I've known before about God and just kind of evolve them to a whole new level where, uh, where praise is the place where I begin. Got it. 
You know, in the, in the introduction of this first message, you tell a story about uh, Bethany, who is our Time of Grace graphic designer. Can you just share a little bit about this uh, story and what it illustrates, no pun intended, uh, from moving from uh, apathy to praise? Thank you for the pun. I appreciated that, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, when Bethany told me this story, so Bethany's in her, I, th I think, mid-20s, a young woman who works on our staff. And her father recently turned 50 years old. And so what Bethany decided to do, I, I think with the help of her family, was to come up with a eulogy for her father before he was dead. <laughs> so, you know, eulogy is actually a Greek word that means a good word. And if you've been to a funeral, you know, what we normally do is we say all these really nice things about people when they can't hear us anymore. <laughs> so, so we say this about our friends and our parents and our grandparents. So what Bethany did with her father was thinking, hey, while I have this time with him now, you know, hopefully we have years, decades ahead of us, let me express the things I love about him, the things I appreciate about him. And she took the opportunity and some really deep thought. I, I think she came up because he was turning 50 with a list of 50 things that she praised him for. And uh, when I heard that story of what Bethany did, I, you know, I wasn't there when she read that stuff, but I, man, I got to imagine that their relationship in both directions evolved and it progressed and it advanced. And it was just a beautiful moment for both of them. So that just kind of made me think about our relationship with God. Um, we don't have to wait until heaven to say great things about God. The more we start making lists of 50 or 60 or 5,000 things that we appreciate about our Father in heaven, the stronger our relationship with him gets. Thanks for sharing that. You know, in this uh, first message, I think people are really going to appreciate uh, what you say about the word hope. You know, I've, I've lived in Wisconsin uh, most of my life, all except for five years. Uh, and so I've, I've been a fan of the Green Bay Packers. You know, I hope they continue to do well or uh, do, do well at something. Um, <laughs> so how is my hope for the Green Bay Packers different from the hope that the Apostle Peter talks about? Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm laughing because uh, when we're recording this, a couple days ago, the Packers played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you would think Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers would thump the Buccaneers, but what happened? Woo! Um, I was actually at church when the game was going on, but people were pretty depressed when they checked their phones. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of think of earthly hope like that. I hope my team wins. Uh, I hope I meet the right person and fall in love. I hope it's not raining on my vacation. And in that sense, a hope is just kind of like what I want or what I'm wishing for. But, you know, whether it's probable or possible, whether it's a long shot or a guarantee, the English word hope really doesn't differentiate between all those categories. But in the Bible, hope is really, really beautiful and so, so much better because hope, uh, I sometimes talk about it as a for sure future, a for sure future guaranteed it's going to happen because God said it. I'm looking forward. I know that God doesn't lie or break his promises. So I know it's not here just yet. You know, a, a life without pain or suffering, a life where I see the face of God. That's not right here in this moment, but it is for sure because of what Jesus has done for me. 
So well, certainly a better hope than uh, what we have with our professional sports teams. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking if, if I said, I mean, this would sound funny in English, but if I said, Bruce, I hope the sun comes up tomorrow. <laughs> you say, well, yeah, you do. yeah, of course it's going to. It's guaranteed to come up, you know, unless who knows what. But that's kind of biblical hope. Like it is so certain that it's almost laughable to think about another option. So, yeah, when people are reading their Bibles and we find out that we have this living hope in Jesus, it's like so locked down, guaranteed. You don't even, you don't have to lose a second of sleep worrying about your salvation and your eternity because Jesus died and was raised again. So that's biblical hope. Thanks. Your second message uh, is entitled, From Fear to Peace. I remember last month we talked about your book, No Fear Year. Uh, do you realize I've had, I had people come up to me and say, can I get a dozen copies of uh, those? I want to share it with my relatives and, and my small group uh, members. You know, fear is so on the minds of people today. In this message, what is it that helps evolve our faith from fear to peace? And you, you said something like, it's a treasure. What do you mean? Yeah, um... I mean, just thinking personally, when I consider the things I fear, I think what they all have in common is that there's some degree of uncertainty. So I really don't want to get COVID. Um, but will I get it? Will I not get it? I, I don't know. Um, you know, my, my parents are a little bit older in their 70s. Uh, my mom has a ton of like difficulty breathing and previously existing health conditions. So am I afraid that she might get COVID? Um, I hope not, but who knows? Um, you know, you fear something's going to happen to your kids or something at work or something at church. So when I think of fear, I always think about this could happen. I don't want it to, but it could. And that's why I get anxious and afraid. Uh, in this message, and I'm really basing this off of 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about that there is something, and maybe we just addressed it with the word hope, that is not up in the air. It's not a possibility. We don't have to worry about it. It's this treasure kept and stored in heaven for us. So our connection to God, the eternal life that we have through Jesus, it's not like COVID. It's not like getting sick. It's not like dying. It's not like losing a job. It's not like a solid income. It's not like a you know, well-funded retirement accounts that might be here and it might not. It is just so guaranteed that no one can touch this treasure. God's guarding it. The angels are standing guard so no one can take it away. And so the Christian has this incredible advantage and we can like evolve and advance to this place where at the end of every day, we can just take this deep breath. Okay, this and that and this and that might happen. But here's one thing that will never change. I have God. I'm loved by him. It's going to be okay. There is a plan. And that's what I think it means to move from fear all the way over to biblical peace. In the message, you, uh, there's a phrase I'd like you to unpack a little bit. It was, inheritance is shielded by God's power. Hmm. Yeah, I love that line. Man, I need to give Peter a high five when I get to heaven because he, <laughs> he wrote some good stuff. Yeah, so our inheritance, we think of an inheritance being something normally really good. And it's waiting for us in the future. So I think the word inheritance and hope are pretty closely connected. 
Um, but you think of an earthly inheritance, and once again, it's kind of uncertain. Maybe your grandparents have a lot of money, but who knows? Maybe they go into a nursing home, and they live longer than you expect, and uh, the money kind of dwindles down, and then it's not there in the end. Um, maybe you get an inheritance of a nice piece of property or a home in your family or a piece of jewelry, but who knows? Someone could steal it. The house could burn down. You and your siblings could squabble over something. We had an incident of that at our church a couple years ago. And like, it, it would just not be as good as you intend. So when Peter drops this line that Christians have an inheritance that's shielded by God's power. I mean, I picture this treasure chest with our inheritance in it. And who's standing right in front of it to guard it? God. Like, <laughs> powerful muscles rippling, created the earth with just his words, God. And unless there's someone in the universe that's stronger than God, no one can touch our inheritance. So we don't have to worry about floods and fires or things changing with the economy. And I think, once again, that's where peace comes from. Our hope is secure. Our inheritance is shielded by the power of the Almighty God. Thanks for that and unpacking that for us. You know, the third message in the series uh, is my favorite uh, because it really makes me think differently about joy in my life. And so you've called the message evolution of faith to inexpressible joy. So tell us uh, a little bit about this message and what's this with this thousand foot rope? <laughs> yes, I placed a, an Amazon order a little while back for a thousand foot rope. So it, uh, it showed up in a box. It was heavier than I thought it would be. And uh, I got a thousand foot rope. I actually strung it like from the lobby of the church up through like the ceiling rafters. It went through the front doors, uh, went all around the church and it showed up in this massive pile uh, that was in front of me on stage. And on this 1000 foot rope, I decided to put um, one inch of blue tape. So a thousand feet, trying to think of the math in my head. If a foot has 12 inches, what is that? 12,000 inches. And just one inch was this bright blue tape. Um, and kind of picking up on First Peter 1 again, I thought, you know, compared to forever with God, our lives, even if we live for 80 or 100 years, are like an inch. Um, if my math is right, that one inch was 0.008% of the rope. So it's actually kind of fun. I was preaching with it and I'm holding up, you know, this little piece of blue tape for people to see, and they're kind of squinting just to get a, a glimpse on it. And I said, you know, some of you are, you're halfway through this inch, you're, you're halfway dead already after 40 years. Some of you are really close to the end. And no matter how hard or difficult that inch that we call life is, um, Christians believe that we have eternal life with God and there's no anxiety, there's no medication, there are no arguments with spouses or children or neighbors. Um, there are no headlines for all eternity that make us nervous or afraid or scared. Um, there's no aches and pains, no hip surgeries, no depression. So, you know, we so focus on that one little blue tape inch that we call life that it's easy for, to forget about the other 11,999 inches of a pain-free existence that we have through Jesus. So I just love it, that illustration. It just, it just brings it home as to uh, the joy that we're going to have uh, when, when we get to all eternity with our Lord. Boom. And uh, in full disclosure, I, I can't remember who and where, 
but I heard that from another pastor. So as you know, as a, as a former preacher, Bruce, um, most good sermon stories come from somewhere else. So, <laughs> yeah, and I think a uh, guy in the Bible said there's nothing new under the sun. So there, <laughs> there you go. So whoever came up with a thousand foot rope, I thank you because it's uh, helping people. Well, all our listeners can watch or listen to this entire series over the coming weeks by going to our website at timeofgrace.org. Now, for all those calendar watchers, they know that there are five Sundays in November. So what's the last message about? It's entitled Roots and Fruit, Go and Tell. And how does it tie in with the Evolution of Faith series? Oh, yeah. So this was a message that when I preached it soon afterwards, someone got a tattoo with the theme of it. <laughs> so not sure how everyone out there feels about tattoos. And I, I know about the passage in Leviticus and everything. Um, uh, kind of the, the theme I ended up coming up with was a little infinity symbol. And then the greater than mathematical sign. Okay. And this, uh, um, this guy, actually, there were two people, I think. Yes, one woman and one guy both came back within a month. And they said, Pastor, look at this. And they showed me on their arms this symbol that was the theme of the sermon. Eternity or infinity is greater. So in the message, I was talking about sharing our faith as Christians. And, you know, just kind of be honest that, that's something I, forever I feel like I've struggled with, finding the courage, finding the right words. Is it the right time? Am I being too pushy? What would happen to our friendship? Do I need to wait and be patient? You know, all these things that I look back and like, man, I, I just, I haven't talked about Jesus as much as I want to with my friends. Um, and, and so this message came out of Acts chapter one, and it's just a reminder that while all of that is real, that person's eternity is so much greater. So when we talk about Jesus, might it get awkward? Yeah, it, it might. And might someone be like, whoa, you know, easy there, Christian. Sure, they might react in that way. But I don't want to let that, that might and that maybe stop me from sharing the message of eternity because eternity is greater. You know, their eternal joy, their connection to Jesus, their 11,999 inches of perfection, like that is so worth the risk of taking a deep breath, praying for wisdom, and just going and talking about Jesus. Well, that, Mike, is uh, the messages uh, for the month of November. We're also offering a pair of books uh, that you authored. One is uh, Rooted, Your Sure Hope in the Storms of Life. If there's one thing that you would hope people would take away from this book, Rooted, uh, what would it be? Oh, um, I would hope that people would remember that life change, or let's just say the evolution of faith, happens in the same way that trees grow. So it's not going to be shocking to anyone listening that trees don't just like, boop, you know, one day you look in your backyard and, oh, there's a forest. Look at, look at that. It, it's a really predictable process. You know, you start with a seed. You give it the right nourishment with rain and with sun. Uh, you protect it from things that might want to gobble it up. And then with enough time, it becomes something incredibly different and better. So maybe we're too used to it. But I mean, when you look at a little seed and then you look at some mighty oak tree, that, that is so insane. Like, 
oh my goodness, that actually happened. Those two things were connected. And I hope that people see that their relationship with God is the same thing. There's a really predictable process that if we get connected to Jesus through church, through reading the Bible, um, if we can be self-promoting through watching Time of Grace and reading materials, through sharing their faith, like these roots that we connect to Jesus, it, it won't change us in a day. But you give it enough time and you protect a faith like that. And it, it is just shocking where it can go. Um, Jesus said a seed that's sown on good soil can bring back 30 or 60 or 100 times more than what was sown. So that's what I really want people to know. It, we all want a stronger, better faith. And there's a really predictable on paper process that God has laid out to teach us exactly how to do it. Well, hopefully uh, people will uh, order this book and uh, get some of the benefit uh, out of it. The other, the other book is a 30-day devotional that you wrote called Worthy of Praise. And I think that it's a great complement to this message series. When you think about Worthy of Praise, uh, what, what, uh, how does that impact our hearts? Hmm. Yeah, I'm, you know, I want to dig deeper into this, but I've kind of been addicted to the word worship recently. And when I think about the word worship, um, I think of God, you're worth it. You know, so worthy of praise. God, you're worth it. Um, you know, why do we show up on Sunday for a worship service? I could be doing a hundred different things. I'm already busy enough as it is. Life is crazy. Why, why am I carving out this time week after week after week? The answer is because God's worth it. <laughs> well, why am I giving this offering? Like, man, I could do a lot of things with this money, but I'm giving it to spread the gospel. Why, why would I do that? The answer is because God is worth it. Um, why am I saying no to this temptation? I could just go off on this guy at work. I could break her confidence and gossip about her story. I could have a drink too many. I could stay bitter and refuse to forgive him for how he hurt me. Why would I, why would I be obedient to God? And the answer always comes back to the same thing, because God, you're worth it. Um, you're so good. You've been so forgiving to me. You've been so patient and so generous with me that no matter what you want me to do, go to church, give money, forgive people, be self-controlled, stay sober, you're worth it. And so this little devotional book kind of digs into that. God, you're worthy of, of praise. Everything we have to give our entire lives, man, we are not foolish for doing that because you are absolutely worth it. Well, our, our listeners can get a copy of both of these books by going to our website at uh, timeofgrace.org. Our final segment always is uh, that you share any stories that you came across in the last uh, few weeks of people who've been blessed by God through the ministry of Time of Grace. Do you have any this month? Ooh, how much time you got, Bruce? I, I have as much time as you, uh, you want. <laughs> I'm looking at our producer on this Zoom call, and I don't know how much time she's got for me. But <laughs> yeah, oh, man, um, I have so many stories, but uh, let me narrow it down to one. Um, a pastor's wife of 40 years just emailed me. Um, she came from a, it looks like a great denomination. Her husband actually just passed away a year or two ago, and she actually is making a drive, I think, of over an hour or an hour and a half every Sunday to come to our church. Are and, you kidding? Really? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of gas money if you <laughs> if you tallied up. But yeah, she's made the commitments. 
And she told me that she heard about our, the book that we, uh, uh, that we wrote three words that will change your life. And someone recommended it to her and said, maybe we should do this as a book study. And she said that she was looking at the, uh, the table of contents and she was pretty skeptical. And she said when she got to the last chapter, which is called what most Christians miss, uh, she said she was super jaded. Like it was some, some cheap marketing tool, right? Like, Oh, what am I missing in life? I guess I need to buy this book. And uh, I, just, I just looked at her email a couple minutes ago and she said, I was a bit jaded. I was a bit skeptical, but those words blew me away. What an eye opener. And she said, we are exactly right. That all those years, even as the wife of a faithful pastor growing up in a good church, um, she had missed this incredible, like simple concept that the point of all of it is God and his presence with us. So I get excited about people being baptized and being brand new to the faith, but it is just as, it, you know, talk about an evolution of faith, right? Um, someone who's been in it, who's loved Jesus, and yet their faith is still changing and growing and evolving in these beautiful ways. So that's my story for this month. Oh, that's a great story. Pastor Mike, thanks for your time today and uh, introducing us to what's coming up in November. Why don't, why don't you close this out for us? Yeah, just want to thank everyone for their uh, precious time. Uh, once again, we are so blessed by your prayers, by your notes, by your messages. Um, so many of you are the stories that keep our team going. So thank you for that. Uh, also, we'd love for this message to reach more people. So it just takes a couple of clicks. If you could like this or share it, um, just like that woman's story I just told, it, you might be the person that God uses to connect someone else to an evolution of faith. So thanks for all your support, your ratings, your reviews. Uh, we love you, but I hope you know that God loves you even more. So have a great day and we'll catch you next time.